<laughs> All right, Jai, what did we talk about today? We're back. We're bad. <laughs> I'm black, you're mad. Um, well, I'm not even black, I'm latte, let's be honest. <laughs> latte. What are we going to talk? I think we should talk spearing, man. Because yeah. it's like one of our favourite fucking topics. It's like literally all we talk about, really. I don't even reckon we're even going to fucking name a cunt of the week if we go this deep. Oh, look. I mean, my missus reckons it's always better when we go deep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said, we. <laughs> so weird. Joy we. <laughs> With an I, I, Captain. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Get yeah, stuck so in. I think uh, we'll also do a, a playlist. We're, yeah. we're going to talk about It's going to be play- something new. Some cool playlist that we might get stuck into. Fucking oath. You'll appreciate yep. us by a few Sundays' time. You'll yeah. appreciate us. Yeah. Rock on. Talk soon. See us. Oh, fuck. I said too real again. Too again. <laughs> Hold on. See that? We put pressure on ourselves. We fucked this up like five times, but we but got it, still it now. it sounds good. It's confidence. Look Even at if that. if you say something wrong fuck yeah. with confidence, yeah. no one notices. That's right. No one has a fucking clue. They're still listening. Story of my life. They're still listening. <laughs> Mate. Story of my life. <laughs> I'm still hey, waiting to peak though. When I used to play in a band, we're recording too. When I used to play in a band, that's how you used to do your sets. You start off high and then you do a couple of songs and then you work your way down to like your slower song. Then yeah. you work your way and then you go down and then you end with a banger. That's so right. So it's like peaks and troughs. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah, yeah. if you just go go low and everyone starts off in a shit mood they're like oh what's this fucking band and then they ha- it's hard to get them in the mood then yeah so. you know what i mean cuz i got a few mates that are dj's and pretty reading good, the crowds pretty good ones art. too yeah and that's the thing there's so many young fellows out there these days that, that think they can spin cuz they sit at home all day playing all their music and that sort of stuff <laughs> but they can't read a crowd no and that's the that's that's the key to being a good fucking DJ. You know or what? a good artist <laughs> is to be able to read the crowd what one of my first gigs i ever did I just went and built this trailer, bought this big stereo and, and hit up Mount Gun at Rodeo. Did so you? I'll come be your DJ for the weekend. They're Did like, you? All right. <laughs> Had no fucking idea what to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I used? <laughs> My fucking iMac and fucking iTunes. Did so you? As soon as someone come up and asked for a song, I had to pay $1.69 each time to buy, <laughs> <laughs> to buy that song. If it wasn't in my playlist. And it makes perfect sense that it happened in Mount Garnet. <laughs> perfect place for but something like that to go down. You know the down. songs that fucking the crowds go off to on those, those stupid places? Oh, random as fuck. Summer rain. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. Or horses. Horses yeah. by Braithwaite. That's the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. They'll that lose their like, shit to it, eh? Me. Yeah. Like. And then you've always, you've always got to give like 500 miles by the pretenders. Yeah. You've got to give that a run too. That's got to get a whirl. The, the wool shed up in Cairns is famous for just playing the same fucking nightless night in, night out. They don't do it anymore, but they did for a long, long, long time because it was always a backpacker crowd. Yeah. It was a new crowd every three or four days. They didn't give a fuck. Just, just hit it and press play. And the other the followers that were there the night before, they don't fucking remember. No, they don't remember either. That's exactly right. So they had this, this, this playlist and it was like every fucking pub anthem Johnny Farnham even Johnny Farnham used to get a run at fucking three oh. o'clock in the morning <laughs> not that I spent that much time in the wall shed I just heard this along the grapevine <laughs> <laughs> I think I told this story I was on the table there and I, I sl- 
dancing on the table with a heap of mates and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then stood off the back and hit the deck and yep. got up, gave them all the finger and fucked off home. <laughs> <laughs> got the sooks. <laughs> got the sats. <laughs> Cracked the sats. Went down and grabbed my kebab and fucked off home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. But I, there's one thing you you can do when you – it's how to know if you can drink or drive, if you can drive the next day or not. If you wake up the next morning and you walk to the fridge and that kebab looks nice still. You're still drunk. You're still drunk. Don't drive. Don't drive. That's but a fair call. But if you go walk in the morning and you see the kebab and you go, ugh, it's like, fuck, can't you drive? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can drive straight home. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Every time I've gotten a kebab at that time of the morning, there's never anything left. <laughs> <laughs> like American pie. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to town on it. <laughs> it's like you're four years old shape. again. <laughs> And just shoveling fistfuls of food in your mouth is okay. <laughs> it's all right. No one's going to judge. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nice one. <laughs> I was thinking because we, we talk a lot about what are you going to do this weekend, I was nearly thinking we should just get right in line. So we're actually talking about this weekend. <laughs> this weekend. So if we're talking about this weekend, it will be the – what the fuck was this weekend? <laughs> uh, probably the 30th, uh, 31st is Friday, I think. Yeah, that'd be right. Yeah, so, yeah. Yep, that'd so be right. Saturday's the 1st? Because it's so not it's the, the start of April. It's, it's a, not the 32nd. <laughs> it was once at the start of April. Yes. In far north Queensland where the winds were starting to become brisk <laughs> with the smell of winter. <laughs> and well, we all went, ah, oh, fuck, can't go spearing. <laughs> <laughs> but... The gods have shined on us They have, this weekend. strangely and enough. And all next week. Looks, yeah, I know. It looks flat. I know. It's bizarre, isn't it? And for this time of the year, that's fucking pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely it is. All it is is showing off before Easter and then we're going to get pissed yeah, on. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> it's just there's a lot of people that are talking we're not even going to get the wet this year. Yeah, they're talking about it's a um, ne- negative, not negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, av- what's in between negative and yeah, positive? I know. I know. <laughs> you, you should know this. You're <laughs> a farmer. Yeah, I don't. Um, but, yeah, they reckon that, that it's just going to be one of those years where we just don't get a huge amount of rain. So I don't know what that's going to do with the wind because normally it's blowing its ring mm. out by now. But I, I, I remember a few winters where I've just gone out on glass days. Oh, if you get a glass out during winter, it'll always be the best day you've done. Yeah. Every single time. And the reason why I know it was winter because we used to when we used to spear on King Reef and stuff when we had tinnies and that, you could look back and land and see the smokestack of the mills going straight up. Oh, yeah, righto. And that's how you know, like, it was winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd, like, sort of do it in winter. Yeah, that's right. Or towards the end of the year, yeah. Yeah, okay. No, I think it'll be a good weekend this weekend. I'm keen as fuck. Where are we going? You figured that out yet? You're the <laughs> skipper. Yeah, I've got, I might have a couple of uh, offsiders coming this weekend. So yeah, cool. See how all that wraps up. Um, might go, I don't know. I heard the Mackies are out there, eh? I know. <laughs> they are. <laughs> put some holes in them. <laughs> got a couple last week. Would have got a couple more. <laughs> Fucking fisheries. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard that too. I've heard there's a lot of pelagics running around out there now. Yeah. And apparently, on some of those kind of outer edge reefs, they're getting wahoo already. Already. Yeah. That which is interesting. The blue water's coming back. In yeah, already. and probably cold too. Mm. Must be a, the water must have gotten cool. It is. The air's been cool this week. Mm, it has. Hasn't been offensive at all this no. week. It's but been the, not bad. The other, and that means the barra season's on the wind down. So 
Yeah, have you caught any this year? No. Neither have I. With Barry, you've got to chase them. Yeah, they're not a fish that you're just going to catch. No, I know. They're a thing you chase or you get yeah. or you don't. I actually went crabbing last weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd you go? We got seven keepers, but we probably Did you? pulled in 50 crabs in the Really? Yeah. Where in the Johnson? I can't tell you that. Secret spot. <laughs> Secret no, spot. but we, um, when we brought them in, there was probably about 10, I reckon, would have been a couple of mil under. Wow. So, and they had the big full nippers like, Did they? man, like you need to be eating. True. <laughs> Far out. That's awesome. And then the bigger ones had smaller nippers. I'm like, just swap nippers with him and jump back in. It's <laughs> <laughs> got out the super glue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit of araldite in the boat. <laughs> Get away with it. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, so that, I think I've chucked it on the pub and my podcast app on Insta. That's a good yeah. That's a good way to spend a weekend. Yeah, it was. Better than working. I did have to work the morning before oh, I went out, yeah. But still all right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I'm looking forward to it this weekend. Because mm. I didn't think we'd get another day in anytime no. soon. And the thing is, fish-wise, freeze is okay. Oh, yeah. I could, if I, if the freeze was high, I'd be like, all right, we'll go to the back reef, see if we can get mm. something in the deep and fill the esky, whatever, and go home. But yep. I don't know, I just want to go out for a cruise around, have a look. Yeah, yeah, go and find some new country. Mm, that's I wouldn't mind, yeah, just go and a new reef. Yeah. Just learn your reef. Yeah, that's, that's right. exactly Every right. Every time you go out, just try a different reef. If, try something new. If your freezer's full, go exploring. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many good parts of the Great Barrier Reef, mm. and I've been privileged enough to go all the way to the very top of it. Like I've been to Murray Island a couple of times back when yep. I was a young fellow working for Jardine Shipping. And all the way through the Torres Strait, bottom of PNG, and it, there's nothing like it. Mm. There's nothing like the Great Barrier Reef. No, you know, all okay, up that way, maybe it's, the, it's the maybe the coral, water. maybe the coral sea, and you know, you get those random places around the world like <sighs> Mozambique. Yeah, you know what I mean. But how many people get to go to those on the regular? Just pirates. Just pirates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we do. Yeah. And there is just so much, just shit hot country out there, isn't there? This. <clears throat> People don't realise like clarity of water. When yeah. you get out those couple of hundred k's offshore and just jump in that water. And it's it, crystal. It's, it's 100 crystal. metres underwater you can see. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> if you look across. I still, th- I, I mean, I haven't been to all places around the world, haven't been to many, but um, I, I don't think there's too much better around the world than our coral sea mm. when it comes to Diving, fishing, and that sort of stuff. Like no. you, you see the creatures that are swimming around out there, and the fish that get caught, and the footage that comes out of there. Yeah, and they're creatures. Yeah, and they're I've creatures. I've seen some creatures out there. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. I've been seen to, a couple been of to horses. Flinders Reef. That yep. reef is two hundred and forty kilometers off the coast. Yep. And you see some creatures. Yeah, hundred percent. It's where all the big things swim. Oh, just. All right, we're back. Uh, Kate just pulled up, said the the dogs had a snake out in the yard, just ripping it to bits. Or the dog and the other one pup was sitting there looking at looking it. Looking at it. Like, <laughs> I don't think it. we're supposed to touch those. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that's them. Remember them noodles? <laughs> They're moving noodles. We got told about them. Don't touch them. <laughs> the, uh, the old dog used to have rash. He, he really loved killing snakes and he could – Make a snake fall to bits within two seconds, I reckon. Really? Just by, he would grab it in the middle of its body and shake its head probably how many RPM? Oh, yeah, thousand? I know. 
It's like a... Yeah. I've seen pig dogs when they have like that real savage head shake. They get hold of something and they just whip their head like a ball and chain. And it just, bits of it flew True story. That's awesome. That's so awesome. The problem is you just don't want them touching snakes though. I know. You know what I mean? And one other time he grabbed a tie pan and did it. And he flicked it and the head landed right beside me and it was still alive. <laughs> and I'm like, mate, you gotta fuck. You gotta me. stop that. <laughs> you gotta stop that shit. I used to have this great big French mastiff, big unathletic type dog. He was, you know what I mean? Like, same as that uh, Turner and Hooch movie, yeah. one of them. And he hated cats. Fucking hated him, eh? And the first time I found it out, I come home one afternoon, and he was sitting at the back door. Look, it was when I was living in Perth, and he's sitting at the back door, just staring through the window at me. And as I got closer, his he, he <laughs> mouth was all blood, blood everywhere. And I was like, well, what have you done? looking at his mouth and checking him all over, not an injury anywhere. And then we went into the, the carport because the back of the carport was open and he got hold of the neighbour's cat and just splattered it everywhere, <laughs> all up the roof, the brickwork. I had to gurney the whole lot out to get rid of it. I was like, oh, no. And, and I don't know how he ever did it because cats are so much more athletic than those dogs. Hey. Like he struggled to jump into a ute. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yet he always used to get him. And I remember when I first moved back to Cairns, he got hold of the neighbour's kitten it had come through into my mum's place and um, I could hear this voice going, excuse me, hello, hello, is anyone there? And I'm like, oh, yeah, can I help you? She goes, oh, my kitten's in your yard. And I'm like, oh, no, where is it? <laughs> Thinking, I'll oh, save it. She goes, oh, it's, it's over near the, those trees and then there's some more over there near the, <laughs> the other bit. And apparently this dog just slaughtered their cat in front of her two kids. Her two kids watched through the fence while this dog just went to town. I found about five or six bits of it. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Luckily, she was so good about it. She was like, oh, no, it shouldn't have been in your yard and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> These poor kids would have just been distraught yeah. watching this 50-kilo mongrel just <laughs> annihilate their dog, their cat, I should say. But that's what you get for owning cats. Yeah, well, I actually listened to a podcast the other day. We're not going to name the podcast because I thought they were all right to listen to and then they sort of – they started talking about their pet cats, both of them. And you were out straight away, weren't you? Boom. Yeah, I know. Fucking isn't unfollow, it? see you later. It's weird, isn't it? Oh, isn't it? Blokes don't fucking have cats. Right? Settle down. But is this, is, this a, is this something we should be moving past? Like if we're allowed to pretend we have vaginas now, do we have to, can we pretend we like cats? But I just can't believe like, and they're just talking to them like they're human beings and stuff. Like a <laughs> cat only comes near you when they want fucking food and fuck them off. Dogs, they're there to love you. Yeah. Fuck yeah. the cats. What is it? Cats cats want a, a servant. Cats cats <laughs> want a servant and dogs want owners. Yeah. Something along those lines. And you're hundred percent right. Mm. We've got a cat. It's asshole. Yeah. Only reason to keep it is because it's good to one of my boys, and that is the only reason it still draws breath. <laughs> like, there's been a few times I've had a, a ball pin hammer in my hand, and then just like, oh, it, it's done. Today's the day, it's done. But somehow it survived every single time, and now she's turned into a pretty good animal. I still don't pat it though. No. Fuck cats. It's, I just don't, yeah. This, I'm not a cat person. Yep. No, and pat dogs and occasionally a horse. Yeah. That's about it. You should club them good. <laughs> That's a bit of a hint of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, let's moving on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so what day are we going out? We're going to go Saturday, yeah? Saturday, yeah. What gear are you using at the moment? We've never uh, really had a good talk about what yeah, gear we're what running and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So we've, we've all, we're all on the Rife train at the moment. Yeah. I think I'll be on it for the rest of my life, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I will be. 
Yeah. I've been on it for seven or eight years. I've been on the Rob Allen train probably for 10 years or yep. 10, 15 years. And they're a good gun. Yeah. They're a good gun. There's nothing wrong with the Rob Allen. I haven't had any like misfires, mm. anything like that, and mm. the guns have always – mate, I come home, give them a hose and chuck them in the thing and they work. Yeah, that's Every exactly time you go, right. they work. Yeah. Like how many other bits of equipment can you chuck in salt water for that long? I know. Give them a, like a quick hose, chuck, and they last bit of WD forty every now and then. Yeah, but yeah, 10, 15 years. Yeah, I know. It's incredible, isn't it? It's like fuck. Me. I've got an old Esclopez rail gun. It was the first rail gun I ever bought back when I was about sixteen, and they were only just starting to do rail guns back then. And it to this day is still the sh- straightest shooting gun I own. Mm. It's absolutely surgical how, how how accurate this thing is. It's crazy. And I've let other divers who are much better divers than me use it, and they've all gone wow. So, that's un- that's unreal. What length? One meter. Yep. That's but a good for, five to ten meter gun. Yeah, 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 depth. yeah. It is. It's it's a it's a great size gun. I was going to get um, give it some love over the next couple of weeks for the little boys because I reckon they could all Parker could probably swing that around. I reckon. Mm. And I was nearly gonna. I've got a one point two rifle at the moment. I've got a couple other ones, but uh, Rob Allen's and stuff. But I'm trying to. Just, Get away from them and just stick with the rife stuff. Yeah, they're so dependable. The rifes, they're yeah. just so simple. They're simple and they shoot straight. Mm. End of story. They, they're well balanced under the water. Some people might argue they're harder to swing through the water than a Rob Allen is. I don't think there's any difference whatsoever. No, it's all about knowledge and where you keep your where you keep your gun. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. And all that sort of thing. When like speak to a couple of good Spiros and some of them hide their gun under them. Yep. Until they, and then they, until a fish presents a shot, then they push forward to shoot. Yeah, I've seen a few guys do that on YouTube. It's just keeping their gun just in watch, tight. If your gun's a bit bit short, you can shoot yourself in the chin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, I, and that's the other thing. You got to be, and that's the other thing with guns. I know there was a, a stage where some of those pneumatic guns were having dry firing issues and all that sort of stuff, and that's why I always steered away from them. Aren't? I dry fired Billy Slater with one. <laughs> did you? Did you really? <laughs> <laughs> Nearly killed him. <laughs> uh, I've dry fired on a couple of NRL players, but that was back in my younger days. <laughs> in the dressing rooms. <laughs> in the dressing sheds. <laughs> um, and what about uh, floats, reels? What do you prefer? <clears throat> well, I've always been a real person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, since diving with you over the past couple of years and as and that, I've, I've started using floats. Yeah. Floats are good if there's current. If there's oh, yeah, no absolutely. current, you can fucking end up in some strife. Yeah. And I find if floats are good if there's no big underwater of like bombies and caves and stuff. Structure, yeah. Structure, so as soon as you've got a float line and you want to go swim around this rock, starts getting wrapped around rocks and shit. Yeah, you've got to be a bit more conscious of it. I've, always, I've never used reels. I've only ever used the floats. And it was always a safety aspect that made me use a float. Was mm. you're visible and at least someone can find your float if not yeah. you. Um, so that's always the reason I've gone towards floats. But you do as you as you get older and as, as you get as you spend more time in the water, you do learn to kind of just work around it. You just you might swim past something an extra five meters than what you normally oh, yeah. would. So I tend not to get too stuck. But the twelve hundred's the longest gun I've ever used in and around the reef, mm. and I'm happy as doing it now too. They're an easy gun to use around the reef. Yeah. You know, just make sure you, what's behind you're shooting at. The only, the only thing with the 1200s are like jacks and stuff. 
They're always in like the hole, eh? Like, in the hole. And when you go to look up in the hole, by the time you get your fucking gun around to point up yep. and in, Gone. it's always just like that half a second too late. Yeah, it's I just know. like you just yeah, see its ass going right. around the you're corner. And, you're like, right. and then you go, oh, I'll wait and I'll get a better shot. You yep. never fucking get it. And the, and the craze too. You never <laughs> want to shoot a cray with a 1200 no. gun. You're like, oh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, you really just push it in. <laughs> I do actually. I'll take the shaft out of the gun. And just fucking get in the hole and just whack it through with my hand <laughs> because otherwise you just I've lost three, two or three shafts doing that now. I reckon shooting uh, craze, just can't get him out afterwards. A lot of um, blokes muzzle the rubber. Have you done that? No. When you shoot the cray. No. So put your hand over the rubber. And it slows and the rubber shoot down. And slows the rubber down. Oh, I don't know if I'd stick my hand over the. <laughs> don't be not if no, I don't, you wouldn't do it if you had the like the. The shafts you had with the arrows. Nah, up, no way. It'd probably cut your hand. Yeah, it wouldn't be real good. No, but if they got recessed slots, yeah. slits. I feel like it'd be so easy to just make a little Hawaiian sling spear out of some sort of heavyish steel, probably stainless, and just have it attached to the side of your gun. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just needs a little flopper on it, just something that you can just take off the side of your gun. Load it up, stick it in a hole and just go boof. I don't know the legal side of things. Are you allowed to have two guns on you or two well, things Well, I don't like know. Ones? I don't know. Because you, could, as a... because you could have a, a good a big gun like your rifle and then have like a little pneumatic strapped to your leg because like the little 600s come where you can stretch them to your legs. And I'm not saying I've ever done it, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> but you you've could got, possibly you've do it. You've got one of the fucking sexiest <laughs> winks I think I've ever seen, but it's just got – it's just cheeky it's personified. 40 winks. You had me at a low. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, I know. I've seen a lot of those little, little pneumatics and I've always thought about it. But I think sometimes – and this is something I've probably learned over a long period of time in the water – is keeping it simple in mm. the water is so good. Yeah. Like it just is. You the other I mean? one is people don't realise is when you have a shorter gun, it's less accurate. That's right. And <laughs> one, if you put it in a hole in front of a cray, it's only a th- or 400 little gun. Yep. Just the pressure of you not being able to pull that trigger, if some if you've pumped it up too much or something like that and you don't squeeze right, mm. that little bit of pressure, you can lift it 100 mil above the... <laughs> above what you're trying to hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're always – that's the problem, you know, with the short, reduced length. They just don't hit anything. Mm. They just well, – I'd never go shorter than a metre. But I'm saying that my little 600 um, – I've nearly shot 50% of my fish with that. Really? Because you're in looking for a cray and then you just come around this corner and here's this trout staring at you about 30 centimetres away from the end of the gun. You're like, oh, okay, bang, and just to take a half blind shot, not down the barrel and – and you often find too, up in the lagoons, <laughs> up in the shallows where you're looking for crays, when you do see trout, they're big loners, yeah. eh? And they're, they're fucking flighty though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to get them that Yeah, you got first, 10 seconds. Yeah, that yeah. first bit you see them because you won't see them again. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And I was trying to figure out what with that, do you reckon it's because there's no depth in the water so there's less escape room Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, less escape route for them. They yeah. know that they can, that, that, you know, they might only have – Filled at 40 degrees of direction that they can yeah. work with, so they're going to go quick. Yeah, because that's like you find 10 meters, trout mm. are just like docile as docile. You can pick them off, and that's right, move. you can go yeah. five meters less, and it's just like that trout fucking seen me 100 meters away. Yeah, I I know. Off. <laughs> yeah, it's funny like that, isn't it? Too, 
Could also be something to do with the ex- – probably I reckon there would be an increased amount of predators yeah, up the in the shallows. Yeah, the cruising through. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I reckon there'd be more – they, they, they use the same theory, I'm guessing. There's they do. That's exactly, it just reduces move. the area that they can escape from. So I reckon mm. that's why they'd be pretty, pretty jumpy. I don't think they'd be any less under pressure in deep water than they are <laughs> up in the shallows. I reckon it'd be harder up in the shallows. But they always seem to be horses. Mm. Yeah, so like I said, but I don't go chasing craze that much. So a 1200 gun I've found now is just – Spot on. Mm. can do everything with it. And I've nailed some pretty big mackerel with it and that sort of stuff. And it's no drama going through. Oh, I'm on a mackerel. Yeah. You yeah, go through it five times. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Easily. You know, and even and even some of the bigger fish that you, that you get out wide, doggies and that sort of stuff, still goes through them, no drama at all. Mm. I dare say it'd struggle if you start to get up towards like 40 kilo doggies, 50 kilo doggies. Then you'd probably be talking a bigger gun, more rubbers, heavier shaft, slip tip. All yeah. that sort of stuff. And I watched a thing on that and today it actually popped up on Deep Water Immersion, I think they're called on mm. Instagram. And um, he just spoke about how to hit a fish like a big doggy float line. He's, he's just talking about the safety of everything because it showed his mate went down to have a look but he ended up getting wrapped up in the line, started getting pulled down the line so he had to cut the line. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise his mate was getting towed to Vanuatu. <laughs> That's crazy scary, eh? People don't realise how much energy a fish can mm. develop. Especially those doggies. They're, they're brutes. Yeah. They're absolute brutes. A 40 kilo doggy will drag you. They're, they're a warm water <laughs> kingfish. Mm. Well, those yellowtail kingies they get in New Zealand and down south, that's probably the closest thing mm. to, to the type of fight and the duration and the fact that even once you've got them under the boat, they're still giving you a hard time. And I've seen a lot of them where they, they shoot them and they stun them mm. and then they come back awake again. Yeah, they do. <laughs> it kind of knocks the wind out of them almost, which I don't doubt because they, so those guys, some of those guys are using 8, 9, 10 mil shafts mm. with big slip tips. So, you know, you throw a shaft that, that thick, it probably does knock the wind out of them for a bit when mm. that shaft first goes through and then they come to and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> right, come on. <laughs> And they love the reef. They're up for it. They they're up for it, man. And yeah, down that's, and down. that's what everyone loves about them is they're one of those fish that are up for it. If you're going to try and catch one, they're going to make it as hard as you possibly can to catch them. And the, the thing with them is, have you ever eaten them? I'm not real flash. No. Better as sashimi than they are cooked. And everyone just, that's like the pinnacle spear. Yeah, fish. but it's the fight, isn't it? Yeah. It's where you have to go to it's find like it. It's like the marlin fish to, to catch it. Oh, that's exactly right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a lot of people, you shoot a billfish and a lot of people are bang on, oh, yeah, you shoot a billfish, what would you shoot that for? If you are a caliber of Spiro that has gotten to a point in their spearing career that they're in the water with a gun, with a marlin or a sailfish, you shoot it. Because <laughs> well done. Yeah. But good on you. Because there's a very, 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 very small percentage of Spiros that are out there shooting marlin or, or sailies or mm. blue marlin stripe marlin, whatever. There's probably, I'd say 5% of the Spiros are actually good, good Spiros. Yeah, yeah, that calibre, yeah, absolutely. Mm. When you start talking about yeah. guys that, that – Know how to hunt and catch fish like and that. And the thing is, that, that is an absolute like and those that's an people, achievement, man. They know they know each other. Those people, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and they're all spearing together and, yeah. and and that sort of stuff. So take nothing away from those guys. But you look at the gear that those guys are using, man. Yeah. Like Fourteen hundred guns with stabilizers and five rubbers, and you know, I think now with the advent of some of these roller guns, a lot of people are starting to tackle much bigger fish with roller guns yeah. than what they were. 
you know, two, mm. three years ago. CDR, the Coatsman, he's probably the best yeah. follower to watch if yeah. you want to learn about rollers and that. Yeah, he's, he's on all day. South African follower. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. really onto it. He uses a lot of Rob, Rob Allen parts and stuff like that. So he's, yeah, and he makes his own guns and sort of. So if you want to check out good deep water guns that are not, I don't think he does timber. They're all like, yeah, your carbon They're stocks. all carbon and that yeah. sort of stuff, I mean, yeah. No, it's funny. There, there's not too many doing the timber anymore. Well, Rob Allen's just jumped into yeah, it, doing like a composite and kind expensive. of expensive, hugely expensive. <laughs> I, was, well, I looked at him and I was like, "Wow!" Because rifles are yeah. not cheap. You know what I mean? They're a quality gun. I thought they, they've come down in price though. To what I they think used they to have be. too. Yeah, they used to be about a fourteen hundred dollar gun. Absolutely. They're about an eight nine hundred dollar gun. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you get pretty much gun, uh, um, spear, and Shooting line, you're not getting no real. No, no, no. no. That's that's nothing yeah. with it. That's nothing with it. But like I said, I've had mine now for a long time. The only thing I've done is re-oil it a couple of times, and it's never missed a beat. Did you? I bought mine off Adreno in in Brisbane. No, I got mine when I was in WA. I'm just staring at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hold my tongue for another few days because I need what I've ordered. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Just I, saying. I bought some stuff off him a few uh, a few months ago. Oh, I bought the reel off him a few months ago, and yeah, I had to crack it on online. And yeah, <laughs> oh, I know it's, it's I don't understand. They like they're pushing us all to go electronic, and you know what I mean. Do everything online. Order online. It's easier online. It's easier than the, and then you get this shit when you do order stuff online. It's mm. just a little bit irritating. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out: is it the shop's problem? Is it? The packing, because a lot of those places will outsource someone else, someone else to. Oh yeah, look, hundred percent. Do no the doubt. picking and packing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. it's they not actually their shop. No, it's probably not their Drop shop. Drop shipping or it's something. Probably just, or something it's probably just. It's probably just got. They've probably got a warehouse somewhere, and yeah. someone goes around and picks out whatever it is, and then it goes from there. Because yeah, it's, it's not a, as if Adreno's. Yeah, that's right. And it's yeah. not as if Adreno's small time anymore. Mm, like they've huge. they've got. Spearing wrapped up almost. I went to their shop in the Gold Coast and it's fucking huge. It's monstrous, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. If you want to run with rifes, unfortunately, they're the only dealership for rife now. And I'm, I'm sort of like big shop on the Gold Coast. I'm like, there's not too many places you can go spearing. <laughs> no, no. It's like a couple of rock bars and, and stuff like that and a couple of islands and that's it. Yeah. So... I've always found that about um, uh, the Goldie as well. I've never seen the – beaches are good. Yeah. But then I lived in WA and the beaches over there are fucking good. When uh, I was young, my, old, my dad used to point out at Kira, Kira Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yep. used to be a reef there. Yeah, that's right. And Kira they, Rocks. They filled, they filled it all into the sand now, but you used to be able to go out there and spear a heap of crayfish. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. Mm. All on the Kira Point – like there used to be a reef probably 200 metres out to sea. Far out. Mm, that would have been cool. Kira Reef, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. Because my, um, my granddad and grandma lived in there for ages. So we used to go to places like Kira, Fingal, um, Greenmount, Rainbow Bay, Duran Bar. Mm. All those, they're such good beaches, eh? Yeah. yeah. That's where I, every year we used to go down for Christmas. Yeah. Four we, uh, three weeks of the year we just spent three weeks Christmas in, in either Rainbow Bay or Greenmount. Yeah, that was where yeah, we they're, stayed. they're shit hot spots, yeah. eh? Oh, they're, and they're perfect family places. Yeah, they are, man. Absolutely, they are. The waves, 
even on a huge day, you can still get a swim. They're comfortable the and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, don't, you never feel at risk there. There's only a few times of the year where you'll see those beaches get like, you know, gnarly. Yeah. But then you can guarantee Usually the rest March. of the coast is gnarly too. <laughs> you won't go on any of the you're water. You're not going that anywhere. Place is gnarly. <laughs> That's right. Unless you're a pro surfer. But in seeing that, I see that follow got smashed, what, about six months ago in uh, Rainbow Bay, pretty much. Rainbow Bay, straight. He was in, like, he surfed a wave, I think. He was in inside people. Like, there was more people further out to see. <laughs> he was inside people. He was people. right in them. <laughs> what fucking surfing <laughs> movies were you watching? <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, you can actually Google it and watch it. He was probably 10, 15 metres inside the surfers towards the beach. Yeah. That shark just Nailed swam him. in there and picked him out. In the white water. Yeah, you can actually see it on the surf cam. It actually sees him get hit and really? drug, drug away, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's full on, eh? And it's just like there was a 30, 40 blokes out that day. Yeah. <laughs> and it went, it went in inside someone. In between them all. <laughs> it's always the way, though. I know there was a bloke over in West Australia just before I moved over there. He got hit at um, one of the beaches just north of Fremantle. He got Leighton's Beach. He got nailed at. And, um, yeah, the, there was heaps of people in the water that day. Yeah. And he was standing in the shallows, you know, waist deep in the shallows, and it come in and nailed him in the shallows. I nearly got nailed at Gray's Beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from the back. <laughs> what from about what about sharks in the water up here? <clears throat> Tips. Tips. Yeah. Uh, main thing is if they're on the bottom, all good. Closer to get the service, keep an eye on them. I'll probably always look at them. Always yeah, keep eye contact. Eye, eye contact. Eye contact's a big one, isn't it? And if, and don't fucking swim and flick and make noise. Just. Yeah, Casually be get calm. Back. Be, be calm, calm in the water. And always have your gun. If you've got a gun, point it at them. If your gun's yeah. unloaded, just point the fucking unloaded gun at them. And just yeah, it doesn't matter. Just point that. something at them. And but, yeah, I do find that I reckon 50 or 60% of the issues I've ever had have always been solved with eye contact. Mm. When they start to get that little bit cheeky and you just look straight at them. And I even read somewhere years ago swim and I have that swim towards them. Yeah, I swim I towards them all yeah. the time. And I'm not – this is not be all and end all. This is just experience that I've had. Um, and another one I've found too, I read it years and years ago, if you show your teeth, mm. a lot of researchers find that when they're diving with sharks and they show their teeth, it actually deters sharks because that's how they communicate yep. with showing their teeth and gaping and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not that kind of gaping taste. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've done that. I've done that a few times. Yep. I've just popped my snorkel out of my mouth and <laughs> swam at them with my gob open. That sort of, and, and whether or not it's just the, the body language of coming towards them as a going away from them. Yep. You know, but that being said, I'm still not pissing around with them. Even nah. a six foot shark's going to mess up my day yeah. big time. Well, I heard another fall. He actually yells at them. Oh, really? Well. The noise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be the vibration underwater. Mm. But um, yeah, there's, there's only, but in saying that, I've speared out here since I was in my teens and we've only been chased out of the water once. Mm. One time. One oceanic white tip. Yep. And it didn't matter what we did. He did that was he yeah. was he was up for it. And he's about ten feet long. He wasn't yeah. little. And you get those ones where they've got it set in their mind that that's, this, right. that, that's what they're gonna do. Yep. I've you just get a, out of the water. I've only seen a couple that like have been like, mate, this is what I'm gonna do. So yeah, 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 yeah. you better get yeah, out. Yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> there's a decided increase in intensity. And speed. And speed, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it's a they're a different fish. And, I, and I've always found that when I've seen animals get like that, let's go. Mm. Let's go find another reef. <laughs> let's drive 10 or 15 minutes in any given direction because, um, yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't want to fuck around with them, eh? Like you watch some of the 
footage. There's a couple of clips where a lad had to unload inside one's mouth, and yeah, right. when it come flying off the bottom, and it's like, I just want to. What did he do before that to make it? What's do happened that? to get yeah. to there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. When when a shark decides to attack, that's it. Yeah. He's going to attack, isn't it? And he's going to do it at full tilt. Mm. So there probably, you know, might not might not have been any aggravation. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, it is something to worry about. Now that the kids are in the water, I worry about it a lot more than what mm. I used to because you watch what they can do to a fish, yeah. even a big fish. Oh. I've seen 50, 60 kilo dogs. How many trout has ever brought up? Well, hundreds. <laughs> and I've seen 50. And I've seen red emperor. Well, I've seen probably 50, 60 kilo doggies get, like, just annihilated. Mm. And you're talking gone in yeah. 15, 15 to 20 Sharknado. seconds. <laughs> it, it is an absolute sharknado. Mm. And then everything else comes in and starts – taking a swipe at whatever's floating through the water, the red bass and, you know, little mackerel and rainbow runners Boom. come in and that sort of stuff. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing left. No. Absolutely nothing, nothing left. Yeah. You know, and that's on big doggies. What's the world record for a doggie at the moment? I don't know. What are you ring about, 120 or something? Oh, I'd thought it would be up around there. Spearing. Mm. 104. 104? 104 kilos, but that's 230 pounds. That's 20, 10 kilo heavier than I am. That's a big fish. That's a fucking – I'll drink to that. That's a big fish. Ching, ching. Fact of the week. Because I know out um, there's a a Spiro from – I think he's from the States, Ochoa, Brian Ochoa. I think his name is from memory. But if you just punch into YouTube, Ochoa, O-C-H-O-A, and have a look at some – man, wow. Yeah. These guys are, you know, chartering boats in Fiji and going to the furthest island out of Fiji they can go to yep. and jumping in the water. And that, s- does this toggle my voice? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and the doggies there, you, you're like you're dead set talking one, one twenty, one forty yeah. plus. Like I was talking monsters. As yesterday and he's talking about going, going to Venu. He's going to do a trip over there shortly. So Yeah, cool. Be some good back to basics footage coming out of that. Yep. Yeah, I saw their footage from the last one. A mate of mine went on there, on one of their tours out there last year or the year before, I think it was. And they've been getting some good fish. Mm. I guess nowadays, good spear fishing, if you've got a bit of coin or you're resourceful, is more accessible to go further afield now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I look at your boat and, and my boat, and I'd probably happily start pushing out in the Coral Sea. Mm. Right? Maybe not all the way to homes, but. Seamount, which is what, 140Ks or something yeah. like that, 110Ks. Get, it it's all about the weather. It is. It's like this weather that's coming up, you know it's going to be good for Four a or week. five days, yeah. So that's when you go. So you've got your window, mm. you know, because the weather's, whilst the weather is getting more unpredictable, the chances of it going to custard that much in that period of time. <clears throat> this time of the year, it's only cyclones. There's yeah. no storms. Yeah, that's right. It's only the old swirly-whirly bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you've got the right... Um, I think these new, I think they're called Zolio or something. They're like a, they're like a fucking uh, EPUB style thing, but you can actually send messages and stuff. Oh, them really? As well, and you actually can get weather updates and stuff. Oh, them I haven't well. seen them. So yeah, there's a Garmin one and there's a Zolio one. Well. And yeah, it's like three, four hundred bucks, and yeah. it's like a, you have to sign up to it. And yeah, of course, and it's a subscription. Yeah, but if you're gonna do it, you just subscribe for that trip and then fucking unsubscribe, whatever. But that's pretty gives, cool. It'll give you weather updates, and you can actually it gives you twenty five like mes- messages you can send home if you want to send a message home to a phone, whatever. True story and stuff like that. 
So that's that, very cool. I'm going to have to Google that. Yeah, so I actually looked right into it because I was going to do some big trips. So mm. head out that way and if I can at least have that where you can keep in contact with Outerworld. And that's the thing. If you're going away, like even if you own a boat that you're not taking, take the EPUB. Mm. You know, if you're going out in the sticks and that sort of stuff and, and you know, there's there's always risk when you go out, when you go further afield, grab the EPUB out of your boat. Yeah. Take it. Because if you pop an EPUB, whether you're on land or fucking out in the water, someone's going to come <laughs> look at it. They're going to come. That's They're exactly like, right. What sort of colour boat is it? It's like, <laughs> it's uh, near as rock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's uh, a, a white, what model? A uh, Toyota Land Cruiser? Toyota Custom Craft? Yep, yep, that's right. <laughs> so what else spearing was? What wetty are you wearing? Wetty? Um, I'll, I'll just go thin. Don't need um, it up here, do we? No, winter I'd probably go at two to three mil. Yeah. But it's probably fucking one or two days you get to go out in winter anyway. Yeah, that's exactly right. So. Yeah, I find it's that so, too. It's sort of a waste. Yeah. So just go in. If, I just find in the winter if you're in the water, you're in the water. Yep. And if you're out, you're fucking out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're <laughs> only out You're only out because you're done with being in. Yeah. The cold got to yeah. you and your day's done. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've all had days though where you just go, fuck it, I'm boaty for the rest yeah. of the day. It's too cold. Because when be you're fucked. in and out, that's when it Yeah, that's what nails you. Hey. The wind hits you yeah. and you go, Because the water's like still going to be like 25 degrees. Yeah, the water's not that cold. Yeah. It's just when you get out of the water mm. that the issues start. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> what about um, what about fins? Fins? Ah, uh, dive R. Yeah. I've converted. Penetrator are probably the next one I'd I'd have a crack at. Oh yeah, I've seen them actually. They're I probably used they're them. on par with each other those two. Yeah, my last pair of carbons were Mares, Mares Razor carbons, and yep. they were pretty good. They weren't bad. I got like probably six or seven years out of them. Yep. So I can't complain about that. No. You know what I mean? That's a pretty good return. And I think probably people need like let's talk about weight to thickness or. Yeah, the, the flexibility thing. So with the dive R's, they do the soft, yeah. medium, rigid. And I've had many discussions with people about the rigidity of your fins. I fucking love that word, mm. rigidity. Um, with the rigidity of your fins and that sort of stuff. And, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, if, you do, if you've got a really soft, soft um, flex fin, you do like a flutter kick and, and you get this real wavy motion in the fin more than you would if you do like a, a normal kind of kick that we're all used to. But it is very much weight dependent. Yeah. It takes a hell of a lot more to push 90 <laughs> kilos through the water than it does 70 kilos. Yeah. So y- you do have to, you know, there's no point in having a, a super soft fin that is great for your ankles and, yeah, okay, you can do this nice little flutter kick if it just does not create enough force to push you yeah. forward. I'd say 50 to 75 to 80 kilos, you can go soft. Soft, yep. 75 Up. to 90, yeah. medium. Even maybe 100. Yeah, 100, yeah. and then Depending on the shape. But, but some people like... Hard fit. My brother wears hard, like yeah, yeah, and fit. and that's the other thing too. I think the overarching, if there's anything I can give anyone that's listening with regards to spearing or being in the water or on the water, it's comfort through repetition. Yeah, if you're in, if you're comfortable in something, whether it's a, a twenty dollar mask or a two hundred dollar mask, if it's comfy and it fits you good, use it. Mm. And remember it because you can keep buying it. That's right. And if you look use like the they're going to go out of stock, go and fucking buy more. Hundred percent. Fuck, they're a pain in the ass when you've got a good set of goggles and you can't get them. Anymore. I know, that's exactly right. Mm. You know, and, and, and I've, I've tried a few different goggles lately because I want to run with a GoPro mount and they're okay, but I still know exactly which pair suits me better and I've yeah. always enjoyed wearing them. I and like the, the larger larger screen. Me too, man. And, and, and two. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not one single one. So my favourite goggles are those Mari, uh, Cressy Big Eyes. Yeah, that's what they call And they right. actually have a, a huge range of vision. Mm. They're I, like a big teardrop now. It's a big teardrop yeah. that goes down your cheeks there, mm. you know what I mean? Your cheeks. Yeah. But um, I've always found those to give me the best field of vision. They don't hold that much air. I know a lot of blokes want the slim line masks that don't hold a huge volume of air. It's still not a big volume of air. But have you noticed uh, when you get down around the 10, 15, that air really pushes on your face? Yeah, you get that squeeze. But do you just let a bit of air out your nose? Yeah, just just let a, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit of air out your nose just and to equalise that pressure. that's what a lot of people pressure. don't understand. They get down to that depth and they're like, fuck, I'm trying to equalise. It's got nothing to do with equalising. No, 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 it hasn't. It's goggles. the pressure. It's the water pressure. <laughs> so it's they, they work it on, on something called atmospheres. Mm. So 10 metres of water is worth one atmosphere of pressure. We're under one atmosphere of pressure right now. If yep. you're not in the water, you go down 10 meters, it's double. You go down 20, it's, it's triple. And it's just continuous from there. So those guys that are doing those 200 meter dives and, and getting down there on one breath of air, their lung would be the size of a prune mm. or a grape. By the it, it, it takes a special kind of human, almost not human, to do that sort of shit. If you want to check someone out, his name's Alex Molchanov. Yeah, Alex is amazing. Yep. Mochnowski or something like that. Mochnowski. And Herbert Herbert Niche is yep. another one. He's incredible. Um, there's the, the Tanya uh, Tanya Struter Ruta or Struter. Her name is. She's a uh, South African lady. Incredible diver. Yeah. Amazing diver. So there's there that that. But the the biggest thing I've ever taken out of diving is just comfort through repetition. Mm. Like my my fins, I use dive R blades, but I'm still using the Mares pockets that I yep. had from my last ones because they were so comfortable what and are they, they still are. Otter, what? what, what can't Otter? remember. Not Otter. Omer. Omer. Yeah. Omer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got Omer yeah. foot pockets, I'm pretty sure. And they're comfy? Mm. Yeah, they've got to be. They've got to be. And if the thing is, you, you can replace your blades. That's right. Change yeah. the blades over. Mm. There's no need. If your foot pockets are in good nick and they're not ripping, mm. swap the blades over. It's a 20-minute process. Well, my, my blades are mine. Like that, and saying that, my divers, I've had them probably seven, eight years. Yeah, right. And they've seen a lot of shallow water and yeah, dealing they're with they're holding up all right. And scratched to the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still going. Really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I can't speak highly enough of them. There's so many different brands now though because, mm. you know, it, what there is available in Europe and the US is different from here again. Yeah. There's some incredible carbon fibre stuff coming out over there. Mm. So it's it's the, your options are endless now. You've got eBay. Jump on and order it. <laughs> Just depends on how much you're comfortable spending without being able to use it and try mm. it first. Well, that's, that's the other thing I was going to talk about is like if you've got someone who has like you might go diving. I dived with a mate the other day and he had medium um, penetrator fins. Yeah. I chucked them on. They felt soft to me and I got medium divers. So the flexibility in different brands is even different. Oh, absolutely it is. And again, that comes down through that personal preference. Mm. If you and find so, something that then, works – He's also gotten used to the mediums and so he thinks that's it. That's and then it. And I'm thinking that's it for me sort of thing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got to be – I think too, We whilst we do get stuck in the idea of, you know, using the same thing and, and being comfortable, it's always good to try different stuff. Like if I'm on a boat and I've seen – if I see someone's got a different set of fins, different brand to me, same size and I could fit them and wear them, mm. I'll hit them up to swap. Yeah. yeah. Let me try that for half an hour. Yeah. See if it works any good. You know what I mean? Because you might find something better. Yeah. There's so much technology on in spearfishing and, and just the underwater world at the moment. 
you, you're almost limited to your imagination, aren't you? And sometimes you can be limited to what you've got. So you think what you've got is that's your limits and this is all you got and then all of a sudden you're fucking – you're chuckling another pair of fins and you're going another five metres deeper. You could be. And, and, yeah, absolutely and could And another be. knot or two faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> like, right. Shit. So it's worth it. It's worth a try. But um, I've always found over the years, once I've found something that that works for me, I'll stick to it. Mm. It just it's, it's You've got to be comfortable in the water. It's probably the most important thing, especially with, and we've spoken about this numerous times, The you've got to be comfortable with the guys you're diving with too. Yeah. Like if you know that you're only a 10-metre diver, I'm happy to stick my hand up and go, I'm a 10-metre diver. Mm. On a good day, eh, probably 20. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but if I go out with someone that is a good diver, somebody that's happy to go down to 50 metres and shoot Red Emperor. And you have rob, to let them know that you're a that's exactly 20 right. diver. You, you've got to let them know that if <laughs> yeah. something goes pear-shaped for them down there, you're not coming to get them. No. You're just not. And I've always said you dive to the depth of the shallowest person yeah, in exactly your boat. That's exactly right. That's exactly right because you'll want to go home at the end. Mm. That's what it comes down to. And I think another thing too, and, and we probably don't even do it enough, is I reckon hand signals to the boatie. Yeah. Having some good hand signals to the boatie instead of just shouting across the top of the water or, or whatever. Because <laughs> they got the stereo going. Because they got the stereo <laughs> going. Yeah, 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 100%. That's exactly what it is. Um, but having some some like good hand signals that everybody knows, you know, mm. one for pickup, one for okay, one for um, up shit's creek. Yep. One for shark, one for fish, whatever yep. the case may be. Just learn them and talk about them on the way out and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And ever like most people have sort of the same one. Main one is if you want to get picked up out in the water, put the fucking butter, your fucking spear gun yeah. out of the water. Gun straight in up. the water. One yeah. hand straight up in the air. Mm. Just a hand straight up. That's all you gotta do. And no just wave, wave it really fast and they think that's sharp. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're waving your hands around, things have gone to custard. <laughs> They've gone to absolute custard. Yeah, and, and I think that's a big one for any of you out there that are diving, getting into diving. Let's let's make a community where we're not too um, proud to say that that's out of our depth. Because mm. that's how... Ego good, kills everything. It does, person. man. It does. Absolutely right. Like, if you're not up to something, just put your hand up and go, oh, fuck, man, that's a bit out of my, my scope. You know what and I mean? The thing is that deep water is the killer of all ego because you can only go a certain depth. That's right. <laughs> if you, you've just you, you've pra- practiced and trained, that's your depth. Yep. You can't go any fucking further. Yeah. But just the, the most important thing is just go out there and make sure everyone's safe and comfy, mm. eh? Use the, gear, use the gear that you're comfortable with. Yeah. You know, don't stray too far away from that. I think the, the main one I got off you would be dive knife. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's, I, I'd almost forgotten about a knife just then. Yeah. I really had. Um. I've always, I guess, you know, that there's always been that thing with divers. I've, I've seen over the years divers carrying big knives, <laughs> big knives on their legs and arms and that sort of stuff. And I was always like, what the fuck does everyone need these big knives for? It's just safer to have something that's slim line up against your body. It doesn't catch on much. All you need is a little dagger on the top of it. All you're doing is brain spiking them, aren't you? Mm. And even on a big fish, if and you're cutting cut their gills. Line, yeah, they, and to cut a line. That's what it's for. And you want it. You want it close and accessible, so that's why I always have it on my. I'm, I'm right hand dominant, so I always have it on the, on my left shoulder. So if something does go to custard, I know exactly where it is. Grab it, pull it straight out, and I can just nick whatever it is that yeah. I need to nick. And those little those little dagger shaped knives, I reckon they're almost unbeatable underwater. Yeah. And there's a couple of brands make them now. I think um, 
Salvamar make an okay Salvamar one. make a good one. Omer do a good one. Picasso Ocean, do a really good one. Ocean Hunter. Ocean Hunter. I've got an Ocean Mares. Hunter now. Yep. They've got to have that clip where they, they clip in. Yeah, you've got to hear that. you little. know how many I've fucking lost over the past oh, couple so I think the Salvamar, Salvamar one's a bit annoying because it's just got like a, a pressure clip. So yeah, if okay. you bump it, it can fall out. It can still. pop out straight away. It's, you need one where you push two fingers on each. Yeah, side you do. That's right. Down. That's why I like those yeah. Mares. Those yeah. Mares Argos is the one I've used for the last probably ten years. Yep. Not a hugely expensive knife. Um, last two I bought got for like thirty five bucks each. Yep. And they're such a good knife. Mm. If you manage not to lose them, obviously. <laughs> Another one too that not many people think about is weight belts. Mm. And I always say, and I, and, I, and I don't say anything, and I probably should sometimes, but so many divers love to tuck the, the tag, tuck the tag of their yeah. weight belt <laughs> up inside their weight belt. It's a no-no. It's an absolute <laughs> no-no, eh? Hey? And, and if, you, if you've got a weight belt that's too long, cut the fucking thing. Mm. Shorten it up. Burn the edges. It'll be fine. Yeah. Just leave two handfuls, two handfuls of belt. But never fucking tuck it. No. Because if someone's coming down to get you and you've blacked out and, and things are going to custard for you under the water and they need to get some weight off you quick, they're just going to grab that tag and they're going to pull it. If you've tucked it, it it's knocks. It's tight. Mm. You know what I mean? It's they're not going pull anywhere. Up another two, three and then they're going to pull it a couple of times and then they're going to panic because hey. it's not coming off. And panic fucks everything under the mm. water. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. Once it takes panic a two sets minute in, dive into a twenty second dive. Absolutely, it does. <laughs> Your heart rate goes through the ceiling. There's a big mm. adrenaline dump. Like it is the worst possible scenario to panic in the water. Hey. And that's why I've found um, over the years I've seen so many divers do it, and I should say something. I really should. I should. Yeah. Just, no, don't don't tuck, don't tuck it. Leave it open. But you, you know, you don't want to offend people or come yeah. across as a smartass. But it's absolutely not. Well, I've got because a lot of people who tuck it. Use the belt buckle. The rubber ones. The rubber one, but it's got the holes, it the has, belt buckle. Yeah. I'm not a fan of them. No, anymore. I don't like them. I just like the, the, the yep. press down. Your quick clip. release. Yeah. You just, if you grab the tag, tail, and pull it, mm. it comes open. Yeah. I've, I, I don't like the buckles either, man. I, I just, each to his own. If you're comfortable with it, that's fine. No yeah. drama at all. But at the very least, don't have a buckle and then tug it because you're fucked. <laughs> All right? If we need to get your belt off quick and you've got a, a ducked tag behind a buckle, forget it. You're not coming up. You're staying right where you are. No, you know what I'll do? I'll shoot in the fucking ankle. I'll and drag you up. Yeah, and drag exactly out from right. the surface. <laughs> it's just – but it is, it's little things. I was very lucky when I did my dive instructors all those years ago after I finished high school. I spent like five or six years in the in – the, well, no, probably four or five years – in the dive industry up in Cairns. Got to do a massive amount of diving in a short space of time. Like I was, some days I'd do 10 or 12 dives in one day, just yep. intro dives. But it's still dive time. Mm. It's still scuba time. You know, I think I lock, stopped logging my dives at about 2,000. So what's the fucking point? Yep. Going diving every day. Um, so you do see the safety side of it a lot more and the need to probably practice things. You know, as divers, as, as two blokes that go out regularly together, it's probably not – Stupid to suggest going to the pool on the off-season when we can't get out in Swindy and just do a bit of rescue stuff mm. because it will happen one day. <laughs> you got your head in the sand if you think it won't. No. You know, we all know people that have had near misses or worse out on the water. It, it just, you know, sometimes that yeah. attitude of, oh, won't, won't happen to me, won't <laughs> happen to me. I'll, to prove it, you listen to every Noob Spiro podcast that has – a good Spiro on there that's done it for over 30 years. Yeah. He'll tell you about either a blackout that he's had or someone else's. Yeah, that's right. Closest yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
<laughs> so it's going to fucking happen. It's going to happen. Gonna so don't pretend. So don't 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 pretend that it's not. Mm. So I think it is spearfishing for for those that are just getting into it or thinking about getting into it. Um, it's it's got its risks, eh? Mm. It really does, as far as sports go, as far as hobbies go. Well, that it's got its uh, risks. There's that Australian snowboarder, that Chumpy. Yeah, he died. He died he? off he the golf course. Went spearing on his own. When was that two years ago? Yeah, and blacked out. And that's right. See you later. So it, it, it like it absolutely does happen. It's one of those sports. And, and everyone's like, "Oh, it won't happen to me. I'm pretty fit." Well, no. guess what? Chumpy was a fucking Olympian, mate. That's exactly right. Don't get much fitter than that. No. There's plenty of <laughs> and there's plenty of you know international free divers that have dived doing dives that were outside their scope. Like it is a very very serious sport. Mm. And and if you don't think it is, well, you got rocks in your head. Mm. So do a you know if you've got the opportunity to do a free dive course, do a free dive course. Do a fucking dive course. Yeah, I think. Go and get um, your scuba ticket. The one that. Shrek does as good from the Nudes Bureau, but yeah. as in them, Mr. Dorm, I think Northern Freediver does one in Northern in, Queensland now. Yeah, I think they do theirs at and, Lake Eacham. Yeah, mm. and I did it with Asin that up there, and that they're part of the Northern Freediver yeah, right. thing. And um, it was really good because it's a little bit spearing related. They also just talk about the spearing sort of things yeah. as well. And the Noob does one where they actually go out and they do the freedive course, but also incorporate spear, spear at the same well. time yeah that's see so. that's not a bad idea because i think a lot of spearos out there don't consider themselves to be free divers but you are yeah as soon as you start working at any kind of oh sorry as soon as you um start working at any sort of oxygen debt or mm. deficit in the water things are happening yeah there's that rumor going around that you know you, you can't get bends if you're free diving no you can mm. You can. You do enough bounce bounce diving in a day, or too many deep dives in a day. Absolutely, you can. Mm. You know, you can get embolisms. You know, um, pneumothoraxes. You name it. It can happen to us. So you got to. Everyone's got to play their part to keep on top of it. Yeah. Bit of safety for your mate because you're going out with your fucking mates. Yeah. Look after him. Especially, I think uh, the. Crayfish diving is probably the most dangerous. It is. Because the five to ten, uh, five, well, zero to five metre. Yeah. I've been with people that like come up, take one breath, back Bounce down for like another Thank minute. You. Come back up, take one breath and back down. I like, know. Dude. You. That's exactly right. <laughs> I'm going to just sit beside of you right now because something's going to happen very That's shortly. right. Yeah. <laughs> and mate, look, I can speak from someone that's had the bends. Like I've, I've got decompression sickness uh, in 2002 maybe, thereabouts. Um. Repeated fast ascents from about 18 metres. Did three fast ascents from 18 metres. Wasn't even taking beginner divers. I was actually taking uh, certified divers for a dive. And one bloke, his mask, he was a big, big heavy set American fella, and his, his mask strap broke. And he looked at me and he gave me the signal for problem and pointed at his mask. And I kind of went, yeah, that's okay. We'll just go up. Like there's, The water pressure was holding his mask on for some unknown reason. He ripped it off his face and bolted. So the way I was taught, which was, I believe, the right way to get taught how, to, how to screw it off, pretty much slow him down, slow yeah. him down, take the speed out of his ascent. So I grabbed him by the, the hips and flared my body out to slow his ascent down, but it was still rocket shit. Like he came out of the water to his waist. Yeah. Um, and then I went back down and, and joined the, the rest of the guys. His wife, like not six minutes later, had a freak out about something, so I did another fast ascent with her. And then I had this um, Asian lad that, that rubbed the reef and thought he'd been stung. So he bolted. So I did three fast ascents from like 18 metres. Yep. If I hadn't known the first was going to go, wouldn't have chased the second, vice versa, yeah. you know. But I did. That was just the way we were trained. And the guy that trained me was actually a hyperbaric nurse yep. for like 25 years before he just concentrated on diving. He was so incredibly well trained. It was ridiculous. I was very lucky. 
And um, his name is Baron. He's very hypo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, so we we did these three fast ascents, and I knew I was fucked. I knew it. I could feel it on my system. I knew I was buggered. Yep. So I bought all that you can do what's called an off gas, where you come up to a certain depth under the water, you just cruise along, and it allows any residual nitrogen to get out of your system, usually between five and seven metres. So I actually brought this group up to five metres and made them do like a 40-minute dive at five metres because mm. I was just trying to off gas. And then when we got back to the boat, I surfaced and things were already starting to go crooked in my head. And um, I, so I said to the, one of the di- other divers on board, I said, I'm... I'm I'm bent, like I know I'm bent. Got up out of the water, collapsed on the ground, had paralysis down the left-hand side of my body. Yep. And um, got airlifted down to Townsville because even though Cairns does a lot of diving, we don't have a hyperbaric chamber in Cairns. Yep. It's down at Townsville because they got the army barracks down there and the army barracks, uh, the uh, defence force pays for half of it, the upkeep and all that sort yep. of thing. So you get transferred down there. And, mate, I, I um, yeah, I, I itched my left thigh until it nearly bled because, you know, you get these little... Bubbles under the skin, they touch your nerve endings. It just drives yeah. you up the wall. <laughs> drives you up the absolute wall. Nitrogen narcosis. Nitrogen narcosis is another mm. one. Yeah, getting narked. You know, it's too too long at, at too too deep. Mm. Nitrogen buildup gets in and makes you go a bit cuckoo. I've seen divers try and hand their regulator to fish and start pulling their regs out their mouth. And yeah, yeah, it affects people different. I never got yeah. it. I never got it. But then I didn't do any commercial diving over about 50 was probably my deepest ever. Yeah. So I never really went any deeper than that. But even at 50, I didn't, it didn't hit me that hard. You had a few friends that did the beach to mer diving and when they get bent, they just send them back down the bottom. Yeah, I know. And even that in itself is not yeah, It's the only thing they ideal. can do. <laughs> it is. And especially where they are. Yeah. Because even, even, even when you get airlifted, if you've been bent, you get airlifted. Well, that flight has to be yeah. below 1,000 feet. Yeah, they've got to fly along the they do, Water. yeah. That's why when I went, they had to go straight out of Cairns and out over the ocean and fly down the coast because mm. they couldn't couldn't come up above a thousand feet. So like it's it's pretty serious. And then yeah. you talk about your sambas and your blackouts and that sort of thing, which is just too much CO two in your system makes you go sleep, mm. like getting choked out, I suppose, without the <laughs> choke. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's definitely worth worrying about. Yeah, and the thing with um, and we should talk about it. We should talk about it. <laughs> yeah, talk about more about the sambas and the. Mammalian reflex and all that sort of thing. Um, people don't understand is like probably the main safety thing you should do is before you go under the water snorkeling, is take the snorkel out of your mouth. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people don't know this one, eh? Yeah, I've well put it this way: I didn't do it up until I did it up until five years ago. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, right. I just okay, had no then. fucking idea. Yeah, right. No, and, and and a lot of people don't. So I'd break down for those people at home that if if you're free diving. Snorkeling, spearfishing, whatever, and you got a snorkel in your mouth. You take a deep breath, you drop under the water. You are supposed to spit the snorkel out of your mouth. Yeah. Keep your mouth shut because if you have a blackout or you pass out and your mouth is open, it will stay open. Mm. You'll then take in water. If you pass out with your mouth shut, your mouth will actually stay shut. It's, it's part of the mammalian the, reflex. It so, is part of the mammalian yeah. dive reflex. And the other part of the mammalian dive reflex, I love this shit. I always have. Yeah. Um, a part of the uh, other part of the mammalian dive reflex is what it basically does is when we were in the womb, we had a mechanism where most of our blood in our system gets kind of cycled between your brain and a heart. It just a goes there. A parasympathetic nervous system. A little system, bit. Yeah, that's exactly like that. right. And um, as we get older, we lose that ability. Like, that's why sometimes you hear of kids having drowning um, disasters, but they're underwater for like fucking half an hour, yeah. bring them out and they resuscitate them. It's because what happens is kids still have that reflex. Mm. It just kind of goes over weans. time. It weans yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But sometimes these kids do it. They're underwater for half an hour, usually in cold water. Usually in cold water, they bring them out and resuscitate them. Mm. Happy days. Because this mammalian dive reflex will actually kick in and it'll stop sending blood to your extremities and it'll just keep the blood between your heart and your brain. Yep. And keep, it's your, sick. keep your mouth closed. And keep your well. mouth closed. Yeah. That's exactly right. It, it takes you back to that fetal state of being mm. in the womb where you didn't open your mouth and you didn't have much blood supply that, yeah. to places that don't need it. And the funny thing about it all, if you pass out underwater <clears throat> from it, a blackout samba, they call them sambas. If you went, once you come to the surface, if you just blow on their eyelids, yeah, that's and, right, or tap their face and just talk to them and just keep talking and blowing, yeah, that will pretty much wake up 90% of sambas. Some of your mates will look at you a bit weird if you're having a wank over the bloke's <laughs> face, but I know what you mean. Blow you got to blow on their face, face. you got to blow on their face. Conjunctivitis, <laughs> <laughs> come junkieitis. <laughs> um, but yes, you're 100% right, yeah, just. Lift their mask off their face, blow in their eyes, blow in their nose, just like babies when babies yeah. stop breathing. It's exactly the same principle. Mm. We're the same. We're the same species <laughs> as babies. There's some things we don't grow out of. So it's um, <laughs> so yeah, it's and that's and that's a big one, man. Is is spitting that snorkel out, keeping it out of the water. I run a bit longer snorkel too. Mm. I've just found it so much easier having a snorkel that's two, three inches longer than than what you would probably normally get. The only thing is the longer it is, the harder it is to breathe through sometimes. Sometimes, what yeah. You get. Yeah, that's right. And I used to be dead against those uh, like little valves in the bottom and the splash protector yeah. at the top. But now that I've used a few, they're pretty good. <laughs> like, like They are. You know a lot I mean? of Like if you follow most of the good spirits, they just got a Jason on the Yeah, they do. And hats <laughs> off to them, man. Like, yeah, no, good on you. But those, some of those, like I'm using the Tusa Hyper Dry now at the yeah. moment. I just bought that one. Man, out of the box, best snorkel I've ever used. I've got one now and it's just a bit harder. Like a lot of the, they like to have a flexi bit on top of the snorkel these yeah, no, days. They, they usually put a bit too much of the flexi shit and in it too. fucking shit. Yeah. Because I like to get towed behind a boat, the boat a bit. Yeah. And when you get towed, that likes to turn back and it does, go under it? the water. Yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> I oh, know. So now but, I've just bought one that's nearly just a fucking hard pipe. Yeah, I, my last <laughs> one was it was a it was a hard pipe and worked just fine, no drama at all. But then your jaws just got, come out with a six pack. At yeah, the end yeah, of the that's day. exactly right. You look like strong. an American pit bull by the end of it. <laughs> but they, yeah, like I said, the, the one with the, the the valve in it, I've never used a dryer snorkel. Mm. It is just dry all day long, and it only takes the slightest little breath to clear it. Yeah. So that's yeah worth its weight in gold. But again. Different strokes, different folks. Whatever makes you comfy under the water, fucking use it. Yeah, because that's like that's that's the most important thing. Same with your boat. You know, be 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 what's comfortable for your boat. If you're going to push the limits in the water and you push the limits on your boat, something's going to give. Mm. You know what I mean? If you've got a four meter boat, four and a half meter boat, and you're and not going on the fuck back of the reef. No, that's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe the inshore reefs on a glass out day. Yeah, knock yourself out. But if things go to custard. It's a long way. It's a lot of water in between. And that's the other thing. People don't realise you might be driving to the reef doing 30 knots for an hour. You try to swim that back. Forget it. <laughs> Forget it. And while you're driving a long out, way. The way you would figure it out is when you break down and you're doing a couple of knots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You when you're doing you've got two knots because the bushes home. went on your fucking <laughs> propeller. Oh, we did that once. It was the worst trip. Dead set. It was a painful trip that was. But... um. Yeah, so I've always found that just put yourself first, put what makes you comfortable first. That's what you need to do in mm. the water. 
And I think probably my main thing when I go to the reef now is just thinking about the safety of my boat, the maintenance of my boat, the crew. Oh, yeah. All that comes before the day's adventure. Before we're even out there. Yeah. They're not cheap either boats, are they? No. <laughs> They're really not. You know what I mean? So if, if you're fortunate enough to have mates that have got boats and they offer you trips out and that sort of thing, stick your hand in your pocket. Mm. You know what I mean? Give them, give them 50 bucks for fuel or tell them the next time they're servicing you'll come around and give them a hand and that sort of stuff. Oh, the other thing is it's coming up to like the shit time of year in North Queensland anyway to go. Yeah. Out in the water. Ask your mate, do you, we'll do a weekend, we'll fucking do your bearings and That's do right. stuff like that. Yep. You know how much, how, twice as quick yep. if you've got two people you'd doing get, the job. You'd get twice as many offers to come out if you did that for your mate. Yeah. If you rang a bloke <laughs> up, especially that time of year because normally if you've – you know, you get those Klingons that just want to trip out the reef. As soon as the weather goes to custody, you never hear from them. <laughs> I call them 10 to 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as soon as that first <laughs> first five-night weekend comes back, oh, mate, how you been? I haven't spoken to you in a while. No shit. <laughs> well, that was a funny thing. Years ago, I had a mate. I used to call him 10 to 15, but now it's 5 to 10 because I don't go out over 10 Yeah, to yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. He's on his own. <laughs> <laughs> you do, yeah, I know. The, the thought of a 10 to 15 knot day just does my head in now. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck that. No <laughs> way. Hey, you know what I've done? Uh, you know what I've done this week? And it, and it struck me as being a pretty good fucking idea. And I want to see how far we can take this. We'll really run with this, all right? Everyone uses Spotify. I think we should get the, right, the, the, the listeners to text or, or send us songs. We even put it up as comments on the Instagram, yeah. okay? Text us your best Sunday sesh songs and we're going to start putting them together on, a, on a, a playlist on Spotify and once we've got enough songs on there, we might do a couple of editions each year, best stoner playlist, I was thinking best of, house um, playlist. Unforgotten bangers. Unforgotten bangers. Forgot, forgotten bangers. Forgotten, yeah, forgotten bangers. We could do heaps. So yeah. we're going to do a few seasons of this bullshit and you're yeah, going to we'll be stuck we'll, listening to us. We'll start off with the Sunday sesh So one. we'll start off with the Sunday sesh one. All right, we just want you to send the messages in. We'll have a bit of a vote and work it out. We might even throw the vote out there to you guys. But the best song for now, the best song that we get every week, shoot it through I've and actually, put it up for us. Because I feel like you and I, whilst we are probably coming from different ends of the music spectrum, I feel like we have a common thread in music and we were lucky enough to have a really good era of music, yeah. whether it was hip-hop or rock or or punk or you know what I mean? We got the Nirvana era, Nirvana era. We got the Silverchair era. We got the Cypress Hill and the and the Snoop and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So anyone that's out there listening, we want to hear your best Sunday session. Aussie, American, English, I don't give a fuck. Just send us in good songs. I want to see what they are. And at the end of the um at the end of our season, we'll release the um Sunday sesh, the pub ammo Sunday yeah. sesh. I'm going to start it. I actually stole this off another podcast, but I fucking heard the song and, and I haven't heard a song that really hits me really yeah. in the feels yeah. for a good Sunday fucking chill For a good Sunday sesh? Well, he'll load it up after this one because I reckon we're nearly done. How are we yeah. going for the this hour? This one's pretty called, close. Um, yeah, we're fucking pretty much done. There we go. Look at that. We haven't done even kind of the week. We haven't. We, I think we're in good moods. Yeah, we're in good That's it. We're in good moods. Yeah, we, no, but still, we should name a cunt of the week. <sighs> I'm trying to think of what I've done this week. <laughs> so the song, first the song I want to talk about is uh, it's a band called South Summit. South Summit? Yeah, and it's an Aussie band. All right. And they've got the – what's the name of the band? I've actually played with them. 
Um, they sing Australia Street. Ah, oh, everyone out there is going, oh, I know that song. Um, I don't. <laughs> Sticky Fingers. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I know. Sticky yeah. Fingers. Yeah, right. Sticky Fingers, they actually sound and got the feel of them. Yeah. You know, they're called uh, South Summit. The song's called River Days. It's a fucking good song. So. All right, you're going to load uh, it. River. No, River Days. Yeah. River Days? Well, Taz is going to load that up. Yeah. We're going to say. So I think that's the first chill song for the. That's the first chill song for the for the Sunday sesh. Yeah. I've got a few in mind. Like I just, I've listened, and you're probably the same, I reckon. I've listened to so much different fucking music over the years from so many different genres. And I always make comments at home, a song will come on the radio or on TV and I'll be like, oh, fuck, it's one of my favourite songs. Yeah. And my missus goes, oh, another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another one. How many favourites? So the kids are like, is this one of your favourites, Dad? I'm like, yeah, it kind of is actually. You know what I mean? You just hear these songs that you yeah. never hear. And they hit you and, they, and you know they're that. You, you, you know that, that they're a good, that's song. a good song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the open, the the, the um, start of uh, – Jesus, now I'm having a mental break, <laughs> yeah, breakdown. Is it Metallica way. or Silverchair? Metallica. It's Metallica, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the Sandman. Yeah. Mate, if, if you are under the age of 40 and that comes on, say between yeah. 20 and 40 and that comes on, you fucking know that song. And you're stomping your You're foot. stomping your <laughs> goddamn foot. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I was never even a huge Metallica fan. Yeah. I've probably become more of a fan as I've gotten older. Yeah. Because you start to listen to different genres and my wife was a – Crazy kind of Metallica Nirvana. She used to go to the big day out every single year without yep. missing a year type thing. That was me too. Was it? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was. That's exactly right. Um, but it, it, I've started to appreciate that music more and we were so lucky. Like you think about the music we got to listen to yeah. through high school versus what they listen to now. <laughs> they listen to it's DJs. Shit, isn't it? All right. I, I have to say this. A friend of mine put a thing up, post up. He's got a new, new decks and stuff. And he told me the other night that he, he told me the other night that he started listening to the podcast. So yeah, get eighty you. I'm not going to name you. Oh. But he, he, he posted up that he's got um because I was going to write under. I said no, I'm going to be an asshole. And um, he's got two new decks and he's learning how to fucking be a DJ. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm like cool man in my head, cool man. Do not call yourself a fucking musician. No, no, no. I know. <laughs> no, I know. I, and I can't roll with it. But then look, put it this way. I've made my own songs, I play guitar, and I do not call myself a musician because I've played with musicians. And you know what a muso looks a like. A muso yeah, I know, is I know. a fucking music. But it's like, a different when, world now. Yeah. Like Most of the music that all these top artists are using now is all off a machine. Mm. It's not like they've got a, a seven-piece band <laughs> sitting beside them in the, in, the, in the studio recording it all, is it? Yeah, like yeah. it used to and be. And it all gets fucking and zipped and zapped together. And it's instantaneous too. Like it gets posted on Spotify or it gets posted on YouTube and it's there yeah. for the world to see. So I just don't think when you start comparing like One Direction to Michael Jackson, <laughs> not a huge Michael Jackson fan anymore, you know, you fuck kids, yeah, go fuck yourself. But – they're like, Michael, you know, One Direction's sold more records than Michael Jackson. Mm. You can't tell me that they've worked as hard for their records as Michael Jackson did. No. Back in those days. Not even close. It's oh, a different they, stratosphere. They had someone writing their songs for them. Exactly. How so, many good artists these days actually write their own songs? Hardly any of them. None of them? No. You, you hear there's usually there's one or two artists in the mix that are writing everybody else's songs. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that Lewis Capaldi, he writes a lot of songs for people. So it's um, but I know there's plenty of good music out there, and I thought something to get the listeners involved. Let's um, let's kick a really good Sunday session. Yeah, so in the Sunday guts. sesh. 
Yeah. So All right. Yeah, we'll check out. And we'll post a few songs over this, this next week just to the Insta and we'll see what we can come up with by the end of the month. Yeah. So here we go. Here's the first one, River Days. River Days. And we'll by, talk to uh, you fuckers. South Summit. Next week. Yeah. Tooroo. Tooroo. You fucking did it again, cunt. No, no, I'm allowed to do it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds like you've all hit the road for Easter. Well done. But guess what? You might have a few mates in the car behind you, in front of you. Share this yarn with your mates and uh, make their day go a little bit quicker. You don't drive it on the road. Fuck it, shit. Drive it on the road in Easter with all them whackers and fucking roadworks. Just get amongst it. Put the, put the pub in our podcast on and... Uh, Sail away. Anyway, I'll see you all next week and uh, have a good Easter, you motherfuckers. Share this yarn with your mate and uh, to Roo.